Shalom, shalom, mighty men of valor, and blessed Easter season. This is Adam's Cave. Welcome to the cave for, or as we always say, candid, concise, and very, very clear conversation. I'm your host, Kissinger Kefotich, and it's always, always my joy to have every Adam and Eve in the cave. It's our joy as well when we hear you, you give us your comments, and, and when you drop us a text, or you drop us a WhatsApp, and those who have not done that before, our lines of engagement are 20933, it's an SMS, or WhatsApp 0717-400-555. 0717-400-555. Or just go to the comment section on Hop FM or Hop TV YouTube pages. Now, a couple of weeks ago, over a thousand men, very, very strong men, went on a mountain hike. Or was it a desire for a coveted mountain experience? A mountain can be a place of victory or a place of vanquish. But the adrenaline in men always kicks in when we ourselves set ourselves to conquer and try the seemingly impossible. So I want to welcome you to our today's conversation, Ascend to the Mountain. Ascend to the Mountain. And as always, it's my honor and privilege to bring a man, a friend of mine. He has very, very strong passion for men. He's a teacher of the word, and uh, someone I've worked very closely and observed keenly. He's a husband and a teacher, and most importantly, is a senior pastor of Sitam Gong, Reverend Bishop Ken Kimiwe. Welcome, sir. Thank you. It's always nice to have you. It's a pleasure always also to be here. Yes. Mm -hmm. How is Gong? Gong, we are keeping on well by God's grace. Yes, uh, we are doing one or two things there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we love what God is helping us to accomplish yes. as we minister to his people. Amen. And you're welcome to fellowship with us any Sunday when you're up there in Gong. No, there's a, actually, there's a, I think a couple of weeks I was in Tam Gong and yes. I enjoyed the experience. You know, this band of police mm -hmm. doing, doing an amazing right. uh, carols. Yeah. A really great experience it was. Yes, and we, we, we have many variety of uh, activities. Last weekend we had uh, a worship experience. Okay. After three days of praying and fasting, I mean, it was just a powerful being in God's presence yes. and God just coming down and touching his people. Wow. Yes. Now, Bishop, it's interesting to talk about Sitam Gong. Right. And Gong is known for Gong Hills, uh -huh. where most people like to go up there and just enjoy yes. themselves yes. at the Gong Hills. Oh, yeah. And it can be cold up there. <laughs> when it is cold down here, yes. uh, the higher you go, the cooler <laughs> the it cooler becomes. <laughs> So sometimes the temperatures are very low. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to feel the wind up there. Yes. No wonder we have the wind turbines there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually yes. a very They produce Bishop. power there. Yes, Bishop. And so it's a good place to be, though. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. No, but I was fascinated talking about hills and mountains. Right. That you have had a, a very interesting tradition uh -huh. where you always take men right. to the mountain. Yes. Yeah, it's oh. been our culture, our tradition mm. now in Sitam. Mm. Every once in a year, beginning okay. of the year, uh, the men come together across the assemblies. And uh, this last uh, March, we had close to about 1,300 men going up Mount uh, Kilimambogo and coming from as much as probably 15 different assemblies uh, that were gathered on that mountain. Mm -hmm. And so it's always a place where we look forward to experiencing God. Like I normally tell men uh, for, Mo, what do you call him, Jacob, mm -hmm. you know, he, he had this place that he called Peniel, a place where whenever he would go, he would meet with God and God would speak to him. Mm -hmm. Likewise for us, 
climbing up the Mount Kilimambogo has become our pineal. It's a place where we experience God in a very deep way. Wow. Yes. You no, know, I was just thinking about that. How is it that I know you always recommend the mountain? Right. But how come in the scripture, it seems like women were exempt from this going to the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear many women, many Eves. Sorry, yes, Eves. Right. But yes, I don't hear many Eves going yeah, to the mountain. Yeah, not so many <laughs> women go up the mountain because I think it was a prerogative of the men as yeah. the leaders uh, of the families, as the leaders of the community, that they would need to encounter God. Mm -hmm. And that is why they would ascend into the hill where God would reveal himself to them whether it was giving the commandments to Moses or whether it was for Abraham going up there and uh, uh, willing to sacrifice his son, whether it was for Elijah to encounter the false prophets up there. So there's something very significant about ascending into the mountain. It is a place where we encounter God. And I would also say it is a place of transformation because once you have been in the presence of God, God encounters you and you encounter God. And when you have encountered God, you can never be the same again. You know, again, as we shall see, whenever people encountered God, he transformed them completely. He even changed their names. Like Moses, he was in the place where, you know, God told him to remove his sandals because he was going to hear from God. It is in the same mountain that we see Moses also telling God, can you reveal to me your glory? And so the mountain significantly, as we read through the scriptures, whether it is in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, was a place of encounter. It was a place where God would meet with men and uh, he would deposit his virtues in the men while they were up in the mountain. So what is really this mountain? The mountain, again, mm. as we're putting it, if you read Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3, it talks about, come, let us go into the mountain of God, that he may teach us his ways. And so significantly, we can say that the mountain is synonymous with God's presence. Whenever people ascended into the holy hill of God, uh, like again, we see in some of the scriptures in Psalm, it was ascending into the presence of God. So we can then suggest and put it this way, that whenever men would go into the mountain, it was going to meet with their God, going to have an encounter with God. And even up to the present time, even traditionally, that's why people are facing Mount Kenya. There's something about, about God the <laughs> and the mountain. Uh, people worshipped the mountains. Uh -huh. uh, everywhere you go in the world, is there's something significant about the deity, about the high place and the living and the dwelling of God. Mm. So for us, as we talk about ascending into the mountain, we are talking about getting into God's presence. So Bishop, is it, is it the mountain or the man? Because our feeling, <laughs> the, God, God, the Lord calling people to yes, the mountain was right. really not about the mountain. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like when you are sending up the hill, there's something that goes in a man. Definitely. That you approach his presence. Yes. Why the call of man to go to the mountain? To the mountain. So I think already I'm just thinking mountains already so hard yes, enough. <laughs> yes, yes. You see, for us mm -hmm. men, the way we are wired, yes. we are wired to accomplish. We are wired to achieve mm -hmm. and conquer. Okay. And I think for us, whenever we go up into the mountain, we are preparing the men for the year that is ahead of them. And as men, we have a lot of responsibilities. We have uh, things that we need to accomplish. We have plans. 
and we have uh, our responsibilities, whether in the home or at the marketplace, uh, and even in the church. And when we give opportunity for men to ascend into the mountain, we are asking them to get to a place where they can uh, prepare themselves psychologically, they can be able to ready themselves for the responsibilities that the year will bring their way. Mm -hmm. And so in going up into the mountain and when they reach the summit, there is usually this sigh of accomplishment. And I'm telling you, there is no high as good as accomplishing in a man. Because we were made like that. God wired us to be those who accomplish, to those who conquer, to those who achieve in one way or the other. And so we can say that in the mountain is a place where all those things are able to be realized. Okay. Yes. How often do you recommend for a man yeah. to ascend the mountain? Oh, as often as you can. In fact, for me, one of my hobbies and one of the things that I like to do is climbing mountains. Wow. I think I mentioned to you, I've gone to Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes. Yeah, I've been to Mount Longonot. I've been to Elephant Hill in the Abadeas. I've done also uh, Kilimambogo and one or two other hills here and there. Whenever I find opportunity, that's part of one of the things that I do as a hobby. But again, as we are saying, uh, part of going into this kind of an experience is so that you can be psychologically prepared for the challenges that are ahead of you. Also, it helps you in terms of your manly uh, composture and uh, you know, physiologically, you're meant to put in energy and drive yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, the mountain brings all that out of you because it requires a lot of stamina, a lot of strength, and uh, I usually normally tell people there are about four Ds when it comes to this. Uh, the <laughs> one D is you need direction. You, you have a summit to accomplish there. Yes. So you need to conquer that. And number two D, you need determination. If you are not determined, you will give up. And number three D, you need to be disciplined. If you are not disciplined and you keep away those things that distract you, you will not be able to achieve your goal. But also number four D is that you depend on God to give you the grace and the strength to accomplish whatever goal you want to accomplish in wow. life. Bishop, I like the four Ds. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a direction, yes. determination, Nation, yeah. dependence on discipline, God, and discipline. And then dependence and on God. Dependence yeah, on God, God always has to be the center mm. of everything that we do in life as men. You see, many times we like to look in ourselves. And when we look into ourselves, we find shortfall. We find limitations. We find our failures. Uh, and when you look at yourself by yourself, then you get to a place where you are stuck. But the beauty about uh, looking up to God is that he is the one who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And also the Bible says that he's the one who strengthens us even to do the task and accomplish the goals that we need to accomplish in life. Amen. Yes. Even Ken. I know we've discussed many times about a man being a priest. Uh -huh. And I'm hearing you say that it is really a prerogative of every Adam right. to once in a while draw himself yes. and ascend the mountain yeah, exactly. for that great experience. Uh -huh. Are there benefits about, oh, yeah. apart from sweating oh, yes. <laughs> and, oh. and conquering? Plenty, plenty of benefits. <laughs> yes. Plenty of benefits. And I can talk about uh, six things that we uh, can be able to achieve mm -hmm. when we get into the mountain. 
as part of our discussion today. Because yes. again, as we are saying, when the men go up into the mountain, what do you benefit? Yes. Uh, what do you receive on the mountain? Uh, right from the onset, definitely when you get into the mountain, we say you're going into the presence of God. And by virtue of going into the presence of God, the first thing that God does and deals with you as a man is to look at your inner person. You do some introspection. Uh, you search yourself. And uh, in most cases, you'll find that you fall short. When Moses went into the mountain, what was he told? Remove the sandals. Yes. Yeah, look at yourself. There's something that you need to get rid of. Mm -hmm. You know, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, as we think about getting into the Lord's presence, we should disentangle ourselves from those sins that so easily cause us to be impeded from getting into God's presence. So the first thing that we benefit from as we get into the presence of God is that God deals with our sin. God deals with our shortcomings. God is able to remove us from the places of our weaknesses and the places where we are deficient and in the places where we are wanting, so that we can then be the vessel, the man that God would use, whether in the, in, the, in the battle at home or at your place of work or even in the church. So before God can use you, he wants to conquer you first. He wants to make sure that you are fully submitted to him. You know, again, we see this when Abraham is taking his son into the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. Uh, the symbolism there is that he needed to get to a place where God can trust him with the mission that he was about to engage him in. And for us to be used of God, God has to bring us to the place of testing and the place where he wants to know where our commitment, where our loyalty is. And that is the place where we then need to do some introspection, do some soul searching, and uh, remove those things that can be an obstacle for us to be used of God to accomplish his purposes. Wow. Yes. I like introspection, right. uh, Bishop. So if I look at myself, yeah. I already have so many things. I'm thinking about finances, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about school fees, uh -huh. maybe thinking about rent. Another man is thinking about his business. Yes. Isn't it enough already in rough introspection? <laughs> yeah, uh, is, but you see, yeah. that introspection yes. makes you realize mm -hmm. you can do nothing without, ah. without God. Okay. It is a place of surrender. Place of surrender. Yeah. Place of surrender. It is a place of telling God, yes, I have all these responsibilities mm -hmm. and I cannot do much without you. Mm -hmm. I cannot accomplish these goals. I cannot be able to uh, complete my projects without your intervention. Which brings us down to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 that says uh, we should not lean on our own understanding, mm -hmm. but we should be able to trust God and by trusting God is when we involve God in our day-to-day -day engagements, in our responsibilities, in our roles as men across the board. Again, as I want to refer to the three dimensions, whether in the church or in the home or even in the marketplace, we need that God's ability to work in us to accomplish our goals. Wow. Yes. So Bishop, I'm hearing you say that if a man is to be strong, right strong for society, strong uh -huh. for his family, yes. strong in the marketplace, as you said, yes. then you must have this discipline mm -hmm. of looking inward right. and becoming stronger. It begins with you. Okay. 
instead of pointing fingers. And sometimes some, as men, we want to give excuses. You see, that is the mistake that Adam did. Yes. <laughs> now that we are talking about Adam's case, you know, Adam yeah. said, it is this woman you gave me. He was running away from responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and God wants men to engage. He wants men to take responsibility, even of their own failures in their life, you know, to rise up onto the occasion and, uh, you know, just be uh, submissive enough to say, you know, I, I cannot make it. You know, I, I don't have what it takes to do this. And I don't know how to go about this. Instead of looking like you have it all, you are able, and so you don't need any help from anybody. In fact, many of us men, we go down because of this macho uh, kind of feeling and attitude that has been uh, made to believe shows who we are in terms of our masculinity. But many times, that masculinity is a facet that needs to be removed. Mm. It's a mask that we need to remove so that God can encounter us and we can encounter him. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. Is that why I think the psalmist says yes. that it, it, it is in your in quietness is your strength? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. introspection. And the deep calls to the, to ah, the deep. Okay. Right. Now it makes sense. Yes. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Any other? Yes. Secondly, the other thing that I see apart from introspection mm -hmm. is that when we get into God's presence is a time of intimacy. Okay. Is a time of intimacy. A man ought to have a place which he calls his uh, uh, prayer closet, if I may want to put it. The Bible talks about us retreating into our closet, our prayer mm -hmm. closet, a place where it is you and God, you know, and you are able to interface with God in the way that Moses did when he said, show me your glory. That is intimacy. Moses was craving for intimacy. I want to know you more. I want you to reveal yourself more to me. And so I believe one of the other things that we benefit from when we get into the holy hill of God or the mountain of God or the presence of God is that God does what? He brings us to the place where we can know him in a deeper way. We can hear his voice. We can understand him better. You know, whether it is re through reading his word or through just our own personal discipline of prayer and doing devotion every day. And I think that's where every man should begin from. Uh, there is somebody who said, you know, uh, if I need to go and face the world there, the first thing I need to do is to face God in my time of devotion. And so what helps you to face the challenges that you're going to face during the day is that intimacy with God. It's when you have made sure you have him alongside you. When you have made sure that even as you make the decisions that you're going to make or the choices that you're going to make in life, he is right there with you. And you cannot do anything without him. And so there is the place of intimacy when it comes to going into the presence of God. And I would like to encourage all the men in the cave to have that time when they have an intimate moment with God, when they can put aside all the other things that sometimes distract them, including our phones and our, our hobbies, watching football or going to play football and other things that we do, whether it's racing cars or motorbikes. You know, men, we do a lot of yes. those activities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good to just remove yourself, mm -hmm. retreat to a place where it will just be between you and God. And sometimes in those intimate moments is when we hear 
the still small voice of God. You remember Elijah? Although he was a powerful, mighty man of God, uh, but this lady Jezebel <laughs> took him to flight. Yes. <laughs> and he went to a place where he realized that he needed to have an intimate moment with God. And in that time when he's up there in the mountain and wondering what is happening and even almost being suicidal and saying, you know, God, you killed me. I'm the only prophet that is remaining here. But God tells me, no, 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 I'm not yet done with you. Yes. Yeah, I'm still going to impart in you the strength mm -hmm. and for you to go and accomplish, uh, you know, one or two things before you can pass on the mantle. Mm -hmm. And so when you are at that place of intimacy, I believe as a man, you're able to hear the voice of God for yourself. Because again, many of us, we want to be told by people. We want people to prophesy over our lives. But I would want to suggest to us that the better place in the presence of God is when God talks to you like he would talk to man face to face. And that's what Moses was asking for. Show me your glory. I want to be intimate with wow. you. And Bishop, you just talked about yes. earlier, yeah. about Adam and Eve. Right. And I recall, I think when Adam had sinned, uh -huh. or Eve had sinned together, yes. God comes and looks for Adam and says, Adam, where, where are, are you? you? Looking for that intimacy. Exactly. Looking for that fellowship. Exactly. And you see, sin now yeah. had come between God and Adam. Ah. And this sin thing is always the one that blocks us from not having that intimate moment with God. And so, as we are saying, deal with the sin in terms of introspection, and then come to the place where now you ground yourself in God. Seek after God, search after God. Take time and uh, even pray and fast as a man for your family, for whatever business ventures that you are getting into, decisions that you are about to make. Intimacy helps you to draw and to tap into the wisdom and the knowledge of God in making the right choices. Yes. And Bishop, I'm speculating here. Right. Is it possible that Adam could have felt the guilt or the shame of failure? Just like many other men. Uh -huh. When we fail, we feel the terrible shame. Mm -hmm. I'm a failure. I've eaten the fruit that was forbidden. Yes. This lady has convinced me to eat the fruit. Right. And you begin to move away from God's intimacy. Uh -huh. Yeah, that could be the other thing. Again, yeah. you know, when we have guilt and when we have shame, that is why Adam was running away and he was being asked, who told you you are naked? <laughs> you know, mm. and you know, God helps him and he covers his nakedness. Mm. And that's the beauty about God. God does not condemn us. He's redemptive yes. in the way he relates with us. And like sometimes when men can accuse you, condemn you and ostracize you or brand you, God brings you closer to him, to himself. And so what does he do? He covers the nakedness of of Abdam, and he, he tries to reconcile him to himself. But the mistake that Adam makes is that he projects that responsibility to the woman, and he says, it is this woman that you gave me. But if Adam was willing and ready to come before God in repentance, like the book of Romans tells us, that if we confess our sins, he is just and he's faithful to forgive us of our sins and even to separate us from all our unrighteousness. That if we regard iniquity in us, then God will treat us with contempt. Mm -hmm. And so at the place of intimacy, we are saying is a place of resolve, mm -hmm. is a place of uh, reconciliation, is a place of restitution. So as a man, you have the privilege mm -hmm. of making your relationship with God whenever you have failed just be open 
And uh, like David, once in a while, he would lament before God and he would say how he's wicked, how he has failed God. And because of that, every time God would have mercy upon, um, you know, uh, David and he would reconcile him back to himself. You know, again, Isaiah, what does Isaiah do when he gets into the presence of God? He says, oh, wicked man I am. You know, I live among wicked people who do wicked things. It is a time of resolving whatever that is blocking you with God so that you can have an intimate time intimate with him. Time with God. Yes. Bishop Ken, yeah. just one more time. Right. Why is it that, is it a man thing? Yeah. That when we have failed, when we have this shame, uh -huh. we want to go away. Mm -hmm. I've heard of men leaving their homes, you know, leave their wives. Yeah. You know, I was growing up, I would hear men, yes. rather wives, leaving the husband. Ah. And they would, be, you know, the conversation in the village would look, oh, the wife left. Mm. But nowadays you hear men sometimes giving up you and know. going away and yeah. just disappearing, Kabisa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> I agree with you that mm. sometimes as men we give up um, and we give in to the pressure. And it's because, again, as I said earlier on, we look at ourselves as the solution. And we are not the solution. We are just the means with which God uses to accomplish our roles and our responsibilities. So we need to continually look up to God so that he can impart in us all that it takes to carry out our mandate as the men in our homes, in our places of work, and even in the church. But as you said, the tendency is for men to run off and not want to take up responsibility. Uh, it's for the men to uh, hide into other, you know, things like drinking uh, and other things like, uh, you know, walking away from the family. Uh, so those are not solutions. No. In fact, if anything, you jump from the frying pan it's into the fire. fire. So, yeah. Yes. So what we are saying as men, let us stand up. That's what masculinity is all about, yes. standing up to our responsibility and not relegating it or delegating it to other people. And begin to seek this intimacy that exactly, you talked about. Exactly, with God. Number three, yes. I think the other thing that also we experience whenever we get into the presence of God, apart from introspection and intimacy, there is also impartation. impartation. You know, yeah, God wants to impart something in you. Whenever you yield yourself to God and you allow him to take over your life, you allow him to take over your family. You allow him to take over your business. You allow him to take over your ministry. You are able to get that impartation, you know, that anointing from God that helps you to accomplish your purpose in life. Because you see, every man has got a particular purpose that God designed him for. And you have a different purpose from mine. But for me and you as men, to accomplish that purpose, we must come to the place where we get that impartation from God. And impartation is where God touches you and he transforms you into a vessel that can do it, accomplish his purpose. After all, the Bible says that from the very beginning, God already foreordained, he already predestined what we were going to be and accomplish for him. But whenever we are away from God, then we find ourselves not accomplishing this purpose that God made us to be or wanted us to be because we are running away from God. And when man comes to the place where he receives Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, 
That is where purpose begins. Because now you are able to align yourself with the will of God. And God is able now to do what? To order your steps in accomplishing your different responsibilities and roles as a man. And so what we are saying, uh, thirdly, is that there is need for you to receive that impartation. You know, like for Moses, he received that impartation. And the Bible says that when the glory of God came upon him, you know, his face literally grew, you know, it would glow. Shining, yes. Yeah, and when he would come down, people would see <laughs> the glory of God on his, his face. face. Yes. He was imparted. And that's what happens when we are in God's presence, transformation happens. A man who was arrogant changes all of a sudden. A man who was lazy changes all of a sudden. A man who was intoxicated and deep into sin is completely transformed because of that impartation of God's power to go out and accomplish the purpose okay. that he made you for. Okay. And so this is a very strong thing in every man. We need to be imparted. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to know what is our goal in this life. Why, uh, where, where does God want us to go? What are the projects that God wants us to be involved in? Just the way he called Noah and told him to build an ark, you know? And there are others whom he called, like Samson, so that he can help deliver the children of Israel from the Philistines. You know, in as much as they may have had their own yes. <laughs> weaknesses, yes. like every one of us men have, but still, that is the place where you can look up to God and believe God to impart in you that anointing of the Holy Spirit that helps you to be strengthened to do the work of God. Yes. I just, I, I can almost hear an, an Adam asking, right. what's the difference between impartation mm -hmm. that you're talking about right. and transfiguration? Uh -huh. is it, is it, you said when we get imparted, we yes. get transformed. Right. What about transfiguration? Now, transfiguration <laughs> is more of, uh, you know, two paradigms. Okay. You know, transfiguration, you see, Jesus was in the physical, but also he was in the spiritual. And that was very unique of him because he was truly man but also truly God. Okay. And so when the transfiguration happened, uh, he, he was translated into that spiritual realm which we are limited. Okay. We cannot enter in there until when we die. Then the Bible says that this physical dies so that we can put on the spiritual. The spiritual. Yeah. The one that can decay gives way to one that cannot decay. Okay. You know, the one that is uh, mortal gives way to the immortality. Right. That's when transfiguration uh, happens. Okay. But as for now, mm -hmm. the transformation we are talking about is that when you're imparted by God, there's a power that works in you. I like the scripture that says he's the one who works in us both to will okay. and to do yes. according to his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. You see, then what you're saying is you are relying on God to help you be that good husband. Mm -hmm. You are relying on God to help you to be that good worker. You are relying on God to help you to be that good minister of God. And uh, that happens because of the strength, the impartation, you know, that he has put in you to help you accomplish that goal. Powerful. Yes. So for now, Adam should just be content being transformed. Yes. 
the transfiguration. <laughs> that's, what, that's what later. <laughs> it will happen when we are translated. You know, when the trumpet of God shall yes. sound, the Bible mm -hmm. says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, yes. transfiguration happens then <laughs> because these bodies that were buried mm -hmm. all of a sudden now are formed into other bodies that are translated mm -hmm. and they go to be with God up there in the skies. In fact, when Jesus apparently was resurrected, was uh, being resurrected, and that is what we are going to be looking at during this season of Easter, uh, it is said that people who had died were seen walking yes. in the mm. streets of Jerusalem. Yes. It was that powerful, you wow. know, yes. that people who are dead can come back to life. And just walk around the city. Oh, yes. <laughs> just the way he called out for Lazarus when yes. he was in the tomb, mm -hmm. when he was in the cave and he had been buried. Lazarus came out because of the power that brings about transformation, but also translation into a new being mm. from what you are. Wow. Yes. And I hear you, Bishop, saying, is it Romans again 12 that talk about transformation by renewal of our minds? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yes, Romans 12 too, that yes. talks about being transformed mm. so that our minds can be renewed. And that transformation is very mm. deep mm. because when a man is not under the control of God, it is the devil who tends to control his thinking and his way of doing things. Okay. But when you come to Christ and allow the Spirit of God to take over your life, that impartation now, what happens is that the Spirit of God, who knows the mind of God, is able to translate into your finite mind the purposes and the plans of God, and therefore you are able to live out the will of God in your life. Wow. Not by yourself, but by the impartation that has come by the Holy Spirit of God. Powerful. Yes. So you've talked about impartation, introspection. Yes. And you've talked about the other I was with Intimacy. Them. Intimacy. Yeah, the Any fourth one I. now. I like, the, I like the eyes, Bishop. Now I'm beginning to get the drift. I'm beginning the drift. to get the drift. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The next drift is that it is a place of where God also um, inspires us. Okay. Um, you know, there is impartation, but there is also the place where God inspires. God gives us revelation. And I believe every man, every Adam, mm -hmm. needs to get to a place where they need to know which way should I go. Mm -hmm. Like the young men who are trusting God for career, they need to know which job should I go for. You need a revelation of that so that you can live out your purpose. And there are others probably who are looking for spouses in marriage. You know, they are still young men and trusting God to get married. You need that revelation. So that inspiration comes by the enablement of the Holy Spirit of God, who then gives you the wisdom of God so that you can know what choices to make and what decisions to make in your life. So when you get into the presence of God, He inspires you. He gives you a rhema word. He gives you a word for your season. He gives you a word of knowledge, if I may want to put it that way. He gives you a word of uh, wisdom. So that even as you make the decisions that you are making, whether to move your family from here or take them there, or whether to change from this job or to the other job, or whether to be involved in this ministry or the other ministry, all these things need what? Inspiration. Mm -hmm. So the place of impartation also moves you to the next level, which is inspiration. inspiration. Okay. And if you look at the servants of God, all the men that we read in the Bible, one of the things that God did is that he gave them inspiration. He gave them a vision. He gave them some direction on what he wanted them to do what? 
to accomplish with their lives. So likewise, even for you as an Adam, you need to get to a place where you want to know, why am I here? Uh, what I, do I need to do? And see, Kissinger, the very unfortunate thing is that sometimes some of us men are living other people's dreams and other people's visions. Yes. That's why we are confused. We are neither here nor there. We are copying other people. And somebody said, if you want to limit yourself, in fact, he says, imitation is limitation. Wow. Yeah, when you imitate other people, you limit mm. your resources, you limit your capabilities, you limit the vision that God would want you to accomplish as a person. Mm. So that Kissinger should be himself. Be authentically Kissinger. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Don't try to be like me. Don't try to talk like me. Don't try to do things like me. Because if you do that, what you'll be doing is trying to leave my vision in you, which is futile, you know. Mm. You can never be me. You can never think like me. And so God is looking for this Adam who comes authentically before him and says, this is me. I want you to use me the way I am. So inspiration then brings in the dimension where apart from you using your knowledge and your God-given abilities to rationalize, God also imparts in you understanding and wisdom that the world does not impart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. You know, Bishop, you mentioned something so powerful. Yes. Sometimes a man has to make huge decisions. Right. And big decisions. Oh, yeah. And possibly your entire family or the business is dependent on you. dependent on that. And you're stuck in the middle, uh -huh. <laughs> not knowing which way to go. Yes. But I hear you say, mm -hmm. if I go to the mountain, right. I can get inspired. Oh, yes. When you go inspired. into the presence of mm -hmm. God, one of the things that God does is that he knows you are a man with a mission. You are a man with a responsibility. And so what does he do? To help you accomplish that responsibility, to help you live up to your purpose, he inspires you. And you cannot be inspired if you do not seek that knowledge from him. Because that knowledge is only imparted when you draw closer to God. In fact, God says that as you draw closer to him, he draws closer to you. That's correct. Okay? In other words, as you seek him, he also reveals himself more to you. And even as we make some of these very delicate and very deep decisions of life, you know what? Mm -hmm. We need to hear the voice of God. There are many men who have made very wrong you know, decisions in life. Uh, they have ended up you know, causing the family a lot. You know, like sometimes people take money and they put it into you know, things that they thought, you know, even, including even betting uh, or gambling hoping that they can get money out of that at the expense of their family. Uh, you know, we have men who have made decisions where later on their hands have been burnt and they realized I made the wrong decision. So instead of waiting for you to suffer and for you to, uh, you know, sabotage your family, the best thing is to mm -hmm. seek God so that he can help you know what decisions to make mm -hmm. regarding your family, regarding your business, and regarding also, uh, you know, what you can do for him in the church. Wow. Yes. Bishop, you have another eye. And now I'm getting now the... <laughs> You're getting <laughs> the drift. drift. <laughs> so you have introspection. Mm -hmm. I have intimacy. Yes. I have... Uh, impartation. Impartation. I have inspiration. Yes. And the other eyes. Now the other eye, <laughs> <laughs> as we go on, is the whole aspect of inheritance. You okay. see, when we go to the Lord, we yeah. have needs. Mm -hmm. 
we have things that we want God to accomplish in our lives. Mm. There's no man who comes and just walks away. It is because he has a house he wants to build. Yes. It's because he has children that he needs to take to school. It's because he has this big dream that he wants to realize. You know, as men, we are people who have these goals that we need to accomplish. And I want to say that when we get into the presence of God, one of the things that God does, again, according to Psalm 16, is that <clears throat> he breaks the boundary lines around us. And he brings us to our place of inheritance. And likewise, I want to say that as we come into the presence of God, it is opportunity for you to bring your petition before him and to tell him what you want him to accomplish in your life. You know, like the Bible again says, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, then does he do what? Grant us our heart's desires. Yes. So as a man, as you delight yourself, as you work for God, as you worship God, as you walk with God, God in turn does what? He ministers to your physical needs. Because every man has got physical needs. Every man has got desires. Mm -hmm. He has got needs that need to be met in one way or the other. And I want to believe our inheritance is such that God's impartation in our lives, he helps us to be ushered into our place of inheritance. He opens the doors for promotion. He opens the doors for opportunity. In fact, the Bible says he's the one who gives us the wealth to earn our health. I mean, our health to, to earn our wealth. So, you know, in that exchange, you need God at every point in your life. We also want to look at the family, you know, a great inheritance that God has given to us. But again, also even for the family, Unless God builds the house, those who build, they build, build in vain. In vain. Correct. Unless God watches over your family and over your business, those of us who keep God day and night, we do it all in vain. And so in the place of meeting with God, it is the place where God is able to bring us into our inheritance. Oh. He's able to open doors of opportunity for us, whether it's from promotion or whether it is for getting a job, or whether it is for acquiring some of these things that we want to acquire in life, all that inheritance mm. is in, in God. Okay. In fact, the Bible says that we have been blessed with all manner of spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms by who? Because by Jesus. Christ Jesus. Mm. So when we come to Christ, he opens for us the opportunity to receive and to be part of those things that we desire in our lives, which is our inheritance. inheritance. Okay. Yes. I know time is running out, but do you yes. have a mono eye that you can close the conversation with? Oh, yes. <laughs> we, we, we can only say this, that uh, number one, I think as men, let us love God wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah, let us just be fully given to God. And then number two is let us allow him to transform us, yes. to change us because we need that transformation. We need to continually look like, speak like, mm. and behave like Christ. And then thirdly and lastly, I want to believe, as we have just suggested here, that there is need for us to have an inclination towards the presence of God. And is how it, does is that, that come? intercession now or when? Yeah, now mm. that is where we are saying, mm. you, yeah, in, through intercession and intimacy also. Okay. But we are saying there that you need to have a hunger and a thirst for God's righteousness. Okay. And until you have that hunger and 
you know, thirst for God, you can never receive him and experience him in your life. And there are many men, by the way, who have become very passive about spiritual things. It is the ladies who are running everything all over. I was challenging them when we went to the mountain because I was speaking to the men. And I was telling them, when you go to the ministries in the church, it is the women who are running the ministries. You know? Where are the men? Yeah, where are the men? Where is Adam? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Adam is missing in action. Mm. Uh, when you go to the intercessors, you find it is the, the ladies, our, our, our Eves who are there. Mm. And, uh, not that they should not be there. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that they need men also to come and join with them. Mm. When you go to visitation, it is only the women who are doing the visitation. When you go to the counseling, it is only the women who are counseling. Mm. When you go to some of these very key service ministries in the church, you find even the choir. Sometimes you find a whole choir of about seventy people. Probably there are only five or ten men, and the rest of them are women. What we are saying is, as a man, have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. And when you do that, the Bible says God will fill you, and God will also use you, so that apart from your own inspiration and your own well-being in terms of the transformation that is happening in you, you also become a channel. You become a means of being a blessing to other people. Mm. Yes. Wow, Bishop Ken. Right. Thank you so, so much for sharing. This are the six things. Yeah. From, from it was introspection, <laughs> yes. from intimacy, from impartation, yes. inspiration, right. intercession. Yeah. I think there's another. Inheritance. Inheritance, yes. Right. That are inheritance yes. as well. Mm. But there could be a man who says, these things you're talking about are beautiful things mm. that I'm hearing. Yes. But I'm unable to partake of those things because okay. either I do not know the Lord mm -hmm. or my work with God has been something different. Bad, yeah. And this thing of faith is really not work for me. Mm -hmm. And somebody else could be saying, look, I was a Christian. Yeah. I worked this, but you don't know how my business has gone bad. You know. And how my family has turned out. Yes. What my marriage has turned out. Uh -huh. What did you have to say to them? What I can tell men, as I said earlier on, is just be sincere with God. Uh, when you approach the presence of God, be authentically you. Let God see your nakedness and let him be the one to cover it. Don't try to cover it. Whenever we try to cover our nakedness, we spoil the thing. We make things worse. Mm -hmm. You know, David had seed with Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. He went ahead and killed Uriah. You know, when you try yes. to cover up yourself, you end up messing. So the best is to be vulnerable and tell God, you know, I just messed you know, I just goofed, you know. Mm. I didn't make the right decision here or I did the wrong thing there. And so that being open with God allows God also to deal with you in your genuineness, mm. in your authenticity. Mm. That's one thing I would want to suggest. And then the second thing is for us men to realize that in as much as we have been given all these responsibilities, we cannot do them with our own strength. Amen. In fact, the Bible says that we do not rely on our own strength and our own might, but we rely on the power of God that works in us both to will and to do according to God's good pleasure. Mm. So once we have defined who we are, the next thing we need to do then is to rely on God to help us to be that good husband, to be that good worker, to be that good uh, minister, Whichever area that you would want to operate in with God, uh, you need to appreciate that you have your limitations and you cannot do it by yourself. You need the grace of God. You need the encouragement from God. You need the power that the Holy Spirit of God is able to impart in you 
so that you can do the work of God. Wow. And I think if men do that, then uh, it is very possible that they can be able to accomplish what they need to accomplish in life. But there's still one more thing I would want to encourage men. One of the other things that we do, which is not right as men, is we retreat into our cocoons and we go into what we call lone ranger attitude. You know, when a man has been hit, he retreats yes. and he goes into a corner and that corner is very easy for the devil to continue pursuing you there. Instead of going into a corner, instead of retreating, instead of running away from your family, face up to the challenge. Face up to the challenge. And how do you face up to the challenge? Engage with other men. The Bible says iron does what? Sharpens, sharpens yes. another iron. One man's countenance sharpens another man's countenance. Yes. So we men need other men who can be our prayer partners. We need other men who can be our good counselors. We need other men who can be our accountability partners. Because again, not so many men are having accountability people. Or if I may use another term, not many men would want to be mentored, mm. all right? Neither are they mentoring other people. And what we are looking at there is that if you have a company of one or two other men around you, then whenever you face a challenge in life, you are having a team of people here yes. who can be your support, wow. uh, who can help you surmount whatever challenge yes. that has come your way. Bishop Ken, yes. I will not allow you to go without pray you praying for us. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Shall we, men, uh, let's just pray. Father, we want to thank you even for this time and for the opportunity to talk to the men, mm. the Adams, Lord, you know where they are. And sometimes some of us have run away from your glory. We are hiding because we have sinned. And I pray today that you may help us to be those who will come back, even like the prodigal son, those who have wandered away, that we may come back home and take up the rightful place in you. Lord, I want to pray for many men who are out there struggling uh, as individuals. And sometimes they feel overwhelmed because of the responsibilities that they are carrying. Lord, may you, by your spirit, continue to encourage every man. May you, by your spirit, continue to energize and strengthen every man so that they may be able to live up to their responsibilities and play their roles in society in a manner that would be able to glorify you. Lord, I want to pray for those, oh God, who are in the valley of decision-making. Others are at the place where they need to make certain choices. And Lord, we are not going to lean on our own understanding, as your word would say, but we would want to trust you. We would want to hear your voice so that we may know how to guide our families, so that we may know how to guide our lives in terms of our career, in terms of even how we serve you. And so I want to pray for every Adam that is listening in tonight, that Lord, you may just speak to their hearts, that you may encourage them and that you may cause them to be focused, even as they look to you, who is the author and even the perfecter of their faith. And we want to pray all these things, trusting and believing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bishop Ken, for it's finding always time my joy to truly, truly encourage us. And what a way to think about the Easter season, when we give you this call to ascend to the mountain. Ascend to the mountain. And man and Adam and Eve, as you consider this very powerful conversation, we pray that you will be able to find God and find him 
get you and find him in the place that you need the most. This has been Adam Skiv. Continue to engage us on 20933 or 0717 400 555. 0717 400 555. Let's hear, and we'll be happy to hear from you. Now it's time to leave the cave and we want to wish you a beautiful Easter and always say, this is the only station in the world where you can look and live. And this is the only station in the world where you can listen and live. I've been your host, Casey Jacob and looking forward to seeing you again 